Figure out your teams for your water games because you'll be hanging out at the card pool. I'm your host, Stu. And I'm Kyle. And today we're looking at part three of our set from Ice Age. Indeed, this is part three of our multi-part set review of Ice Age. If you want to take a look back at some of our hidden gems, segments one and two, take a look at the two previous videos and see what some of the underrated cards in this set are. Right now, we're going to go to... I was going to say overrated, but that's not true. They are not at all overrated. They're just the rated ones, so to speak. The more known ones. These yeah. are definitely the expensive cards of the set. These are the monies. These are the ones that people like to buy because, well, they're good. So now to bring those into the equation of this entire set, Kyle, start off at number one. All right. Well, number one, it took a significant drop in value over the last couple of years, but hey, it's still number one, and that's going to be Necropotence, a card that every Magic player is pretty much familiar with. It costs triple black to play, and it's an enchantment, and it costs $9 right now to buy out there, and it has a number of effects. Firstly, skip your draw steps. You don't get to draw cards. If you discard a card from your hand, that card gets exiled. However, you can pay one life and exile the top card of your deck. At the beginning of your next discard step, you can put that card into your hand. So from this ability, you would then have to, if you get a bunch of cards in your hand, you would still have to discard them and then exile them. But still, let's just get to talking about this card because I think, like I said, everybody knows this card is just kind of absurd. Yeah, it's one of the staples of like when you first see black and you see this card, mm. like, okay, I'm... I'm not sure what's really happening here. And then you start seeing it go in action. You're like, wow. Yeah. This, wow. This card, yeah, this card used to be over $100 each, and for good reason. Yeah. And then it got reprinted in one of the Modern Masters sets, and its value just kind of collapsed. Well, it, <laughs> but it's been growing back and growing back. It's been reprinted mm -hmm. multiple times, actually. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like with Tarmogoyf, except Tarmogoyf is still up there. So at one point, we're mm -hmm. going to get so saturated, people are going to be like, okay, I don't need this anymore. Yeah, but, Necropotence is just silly. Draw cards as long as you have enough life to pay, and that's about it. It works great in black-white, because white's able to gain life. This is pretty much what Blue envies about black. It's just this kind of card draw. It's, it's black at its core. Black does not mind paying life for whatever sacrifice to get what it needs. In right. this case, it is a hand weight full of cards. And, I mean, there's not much more to say. Even when this thing gets destroyed, the exile card will still go to the hand after the effect is used. Right. So you'd be thinking, all right, I'll wait for them to go out and use this, destroy this. Well, you waited a little too long, actually. So it's just yeah. one of the things to be wary of when yeah. you're playing against this. Once it hits the field, there's really no way of getting around the fact that they're going to get an absurd amount of card advantage. Cool. And there's really nothing you can do to stop it. Well, it just takes on the life. If you're able to go ahead... Actually, I have been able to once kill a player despite being able to quickly instant speed <laughs> by after they've done this ping them for life and then be like oh well this is on the stack D -d 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 dead yeah well and you get you get a little too greedy there almost anything can kill you in a game of magic but yeah I, I wouldn't over i wouldn't overdo it but this makes pretty sweet combination with one of our well, like a number of cards that reset you to certain life totals yes. like target player's life total becomes 10 or 20 or something like that so you can Tree pay of all of your life like and then just reset your life total. Yeah. So it's great like that. Yeah, it works. In so many ways. Yeah. yeah, and there's and there's not much more to say about this except that this people don't like the foil version of this for whatever reason. I don't know <laughs> why. But uh, moving away from this and into our number two, this is a card that is pretty familiar as well. These are the Painlands, and we'll be looking at a mm. card 
Uh, well, I have a different image, but either way, you can read it up on the screen. Pretty much all the paint lands have this effect. You can have a couple different tap options. First one is tap to produce a generic mana or tap to produce uh, a colored mana that will in turn hurt you for one damage. And there are in all of the color combinations in Magic. This mm -hmm. one had the ally colors. Yes, yeah, so, just the five ally colors. Yeah, yeah. so you had Selesnya, you had... Rakdos, Golgari. Gruul. Azorius. No, not Golgari. No, that came um, later, yeah. yeah. But So they're all really good. They're really powerful. They're great for mana fixing. Not as good as an OG duel, but I mean, that's the cost of having a card that is a major fraction of the cost, so... Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned this. They're between, like, f 5 and $8. Oh, sorry, yeah. In general, yeah, depending on what combination of colors they are, some are more sought after than others. Depends but... on what Modern's doing, more yeah. or less, at that point. They, but they're all good. They fluctuate uh, whenever reprint comes out, one of them's missed. That happened with the green-white one. People are like, oh, we're, we're going to run out of these. Like, yeah, oh, That was like 15 bucks for the longest time for all copies. They're not exactly budget cards. However, they are much, much, much more budget-friendly than the original Dual Lands. And they're still more budget-friendly than the Shock Lands, which are arguably better than these for a number of reasons. But yeah. still... I think pain lands are, I mean, they're they're very budget-friendly, and I also think they're pretty much indispensable to a good mana base in a five-color deck, especially. I would use these all day in a five-color deck. I don't know deck. about five-color. They're definitely faster than, like, the guild gates, which come into play tapped, even though you won't be taking any damage They're from even it. better than temples, because scrying is good, but untapped lands is better. You are correct in that regard, yeah. And, and even in the fact where, like, a shock land, you use this twice, it, it equates to the same thing. Right. Down the line, it hurts you more than a shock land. So, but again, you might not even need to take the damage. This could be better than a shock land. It just depends on where you're at in the game, more or less. I love the new legend with these uh, cards because the new legendary from the core set, um, Golos, the, like, artifact scout yeah. creature, because you don't have to pay any life. You could just pay colorless with these to put him into play and then find whatever land you yeah, want. Yeah, later along great. uses yeah. effect. Yeah, I like those. I've, I've been dying for years to make a colorless deck, more or less, where it's like you can, like a Reaper King, you can use colorless mana to cast yeah. it. Make everything else not except for the supporting cards. And so this way you never are mana color screwed. It's just your cap. Yeah. I've always been fantasizing about that idea. Which sounds dirty. But anyway, <laughs> number three, let's go on to the next card. Yes, absolutely. Number three on our list here for $7 is Illusions of Grandeur. Now, this card is another enchantment, costs three colorless and one blue, and has a cumulative upkeep cost of two of any color. So when Illusions of Grandeur comes into play, its controller gains 20 life. However, when Illusions of Grandeur leaves play, its controller loses 20 life. This is a very interesting card because you think, sure, you're playing it, you gain 20 life, that's awesome. But if it sticks around too long and somebody gets rid of it, you're going to lose that 20 life. And arguably, you've probably lost some life in between then and when you gained the life. So it could this could you. really hurt you and it could possibly even kill you. But that is why this card is so, so great in a deck that donates cards to other people, like Zedru being the primary offender here. But I have seen many, many times somebody play their Illusions of Grandeur, swap it out to somebody else, and then proceed to remove it and kill the other player with it. Yeah, it's a bomb. It's, it's great. It's, it's a total bomb. Card. It's unusual in blue. You'd expect this almost in red or black even, like, yeah, to do that kind of thing. It's weird. I don't know, I, yeah, I don't know why this went in blue, but... Uh, yeah. What, what in blue? Yeah. What in Rome? 
But uh, yeah, not much more else to say about that. It, it's useful in certain builds. I'm not sure what build is always beyond Zedru, because I mean, you'd almost want this for white. Yeah, I don't know really. Other than that, I'm not sure if it's really that useful, but the fact that it has a cumulative upkeep makes it even worse, because if you're not going to get rid of it immediately, the other person's stuck paying a tax for it unless they want to take 20 damage, yeah. basically. It's, it's pretty much like so, the Indiana Jones boulder coming after you. You're like, yeah. crap, 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 crap. And it's a time bomb, and it's going to go off in your face eventually. Yeah, not much more else to say about it on my <laughs> end. But uh, going on to number four, uh, we are looking at an old-school tutor called Altar of Bone. It is mm. a Selesnia of a white and a green for a sorcery reading, sacrifice a creature to look through your library and pretty much tutor for a creature card and reveal it and shuffle your library afterwards. Only four and a half dollars too. That's very reasonable. Yeah, this was a card actually that was off the radar for the longest time. You could have gotten a copy for about 75 cents yeah. to $1.50 and people started taking note. This is again, a black tutor. This is like an edict that uh, you usually see for uh, black tutors. That, yeah, definitely. Uh, what, what, what is it? Is it not edict? Uh, diabolic? Diabolic tutor. Uh, yeah, di uh, diabolic tutor. Yeah, where you sacrifice a creature and tutor any card. This is just a uh, creature for a creature. But still, it's pretty good. I mean, the comparable thing is Eladomri's Call, which is an instant, same cost, just straight up tutors for any which creature. Which is better. It, pr strictly speaking, probably just a better card. Although sacrificing a creature can be useful in, in certain situations. I don't situations. know about green and white. If it was Re a revel arc or a karmic guide or something like that, you know, it could the, play the, the out standard. To it. I mean, if you're using gav, a gave, whatever, if you're gave, in those colors yeah. or black, you can have some sort of sacrifice grave pack. Blah blah right. blah. Which you always say with black. This this is a black card. The flavor is black. This is definitely a burnt Selesnya card. It is charred. Yeah, tutors that cost two or less mana are generally worth looking at, in my opinion, just for evaluating purposes. And, I mean, as basically another copy of Eladomri's Call, this is fine. Like, yeah. I I'll take it. For Singleton, yeah, this is no big deal with that. It's better than almost, I'd say, uh, the Worldly Tutor, because it's not going to the top of the deck. It is one more mana and a creature cost, but it's going to the hand. You can use it right then. Yeah. So, I don't know. About, I mean, I don't know about better, because, again, this is more restrictive than that in terms of its color. It's but yes and no. It's still really good. I'm surprised we don't see more of this card, honestly. Well, it's very limited printing. OG, mm. one and only printing in this set. So, I mean, it makes sense. But it's it's just, again, it's outside the identity. Yeah, it's, a, it's an Edict Tutor. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, not much more else to say besides that this is almost like a Chaos set. It's almost like the um, <laughs> Future Sight kind of like Planar Chaos kind of style. They're it mixing is. up the color pie. They're mixing up the mana style. And you got to love sets that are like that. I, I do personally. I, I do to a certain extent, yeah. Sometimes I'm not a huge fan, but... You know, other times it just gives these colors access to things they don't generally do. And that, that is a good thing sometimes. Yeah, freshens up the game. So let's move on to number five here on our list. And this one for $4 a pop is Jokel Hops. I hope I'm saying that right. It's one of those few cases where I don't actually know. <laughs> but, Welcome to my world. Yeah, right. But it is a six mana sorcery. And it's four colorless or four of any color really and double red and it has a really simple effect which is it's a board wipe but it's an intense one because you destroy all artifacts creatures and yes lands yeah, as well is, that's a big deal <laughs> that's some board wipe this is definitely old school red because red has no problem destroying lands the same way how white has no problems right. with that and red also can destroy artifacts without having any problem or creatures so this yeah. is 
an opposite for not messing with the color pie. Yeah, this is a weird one because it's a, uh, I don't know, it's really oppressive. Anytime you destroy all lands, it's obviously is going to slow the game down like a lot you get and make a look. lot of people very unhappy. Yeah, this is one of those like no-nos for like being a good boy in magic or good girl in magic. You're breaking the cardinal like unspoken rule yeah. of the game more or less. Well, the, the worst one, well, the worst part of it is Usually, if somebody destroys all lands, it's because they have some kind of advantage in play that's then going to let them win because no one can stop them. Or this recover. This destroys all artifacts, creatures, and lands, as we said. So basically, not only are you getting rid of all your lands, but you're getting rid of all your other possible sources of advantage. So everybody's on the same playing field, and that's not cool to me. I don't like fair cards <laughs> in Magic. Well, that's not true. I do, but... You, you know. don't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this works also for... Enchantments actually, because enchantments will stick around, and so will planeswalkers. So this is actually something you see in Super Friends. Planeswalkers, yeah, that is true. That's not too bad. Or enchantress builds, and the fun fact about that is because you have opulence, makes it so that all enchantments mm. are now creatures. You have now an army that was untouched and is now slaughtering your enemies for the low price of just six mana. <laughs> Right, and one of the other places that this oh, is and the opulence, uh, I guess. a key card in is uh, Joyra of the Gitu decks, where basically the whole point of those decks is to suspend this or a Decree of Annihilation or something that basically just blows everything up. And then guess what? You have a giant creature or two that comes in off suspend and just beats everybody yeah. up, and that's the end of it. <laughs> it takes some time to get that set up because it is four suspend counters, but mm -hmm. if it comes out turn three... They're not really going to have much that's going to be able to handle that except for some counter spells. Right. So Yeah, you better hope you can counter this or it's probably game over. Well, it's bury. This isn't sacrifice. This is destroy, It's correct? destroy, yeah. Yeah, so you can get around this for the fact if you have indestructible. And that's also where you will see some of the gods come into play with this as well. So it has its own kind of style. And if you have the ability to kind of sneak attack, which is in red in a variety of ways... You can come back a little quicker than your opponents if you're doing a more honest game. And destroying all lands is not something to do lightly, but if you're going to do it, this is a pretty good option, I yeah. guess. But now yeah. on to number six. We are looking at a card called Jester's Cap, and it's not just funny. It costs around three and a half bucks, and it is a four-drop artifact that has for two mana and tapping it, sacrificing this cap to look through the top Look through target player's library and remove any three of those cards from the game and reshuffle this after that is done. Reshuffle the library after this is done. So this is a great hate tutor kind of card. Mm -hmm. You are taking stuff out of the equation. If you know what combo pieces certain commanders use, you can now kind of preemptively screw them over, which is nice. Yeah, it's Sadistic Sacrament is one in black that does a similar thing. There's a number of blue cards that do this as well. But yeah, it's basically, it's not good for a whole lot, even like milling-wise, yeah. but it is good for taking apart people's combos before they can go searching for them and destroy you with them. Yeah, there's tons of cards in Magic where it's like the one of wins. Like, if you go ahead and you have Tooth and Nail, if you have enough mana, you'll right. win just from two cards right there. So exile that and the, one of the two cards they'd want with that and something else. 
you can totally do that. And again, this can be copied, this can be recurred, this isn't exiled, this is just sacrificed. Yeah, the one advantage this has over something like Sadistic Sacrament, which can exile more cards, is this is an artifact. It's yes. very easy to get back and reuse and continue to take people's best cards out of their deck. So it's not necessarily a fun card, but I think in some situations this is definitely called for. And if you and this can be a win con if you can go ahead and recur this from the grave and have enough mana to go ahead, keep cycling cycling it and propelling it through. Well, just like anything else. Yeah, yeah pretty much. This, this can be it's a lot of hoops for that to happen that way, but it does exist. It can work. Um, actually, it could work with the uh, the mono white one, where uh, whenever an artifact goes to the grave, you bring it back. Whenever you cast a, a historic, the historic, yeah, uh, no, because it's that you have to bring back creatures with that, so nah, it doesn't quite work like that. I uh, well, yeah, but you can bring yeah. back a creature which can bring this back. Maybe you'd have to have a lot. You'd have to have a lot of mana, though. So I'm not sure Which exactly. Back to the it'd, point be of what we're it'd be complicated, but yeah, you might it might. It could work in right. that. That's a that's a potential. Mm -hmm. It is plausible. No, it's possible. It's definitely possible to yeah. do that. But um, this can go in other places, and yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot more to say about that one. I don't think now. Yeah. yeah, and it's an old school kind of iconic card. Beyond that, but on to number seven. It is speaking of iconic cards. Oh, I love this card. It's number seven on our list. It's Glacial Chasm, and this costs also around three and a half dollars. It's a land, and it's an odd land because it doesn't tap for mana, and it has a cumulative upkeep cost you of don't see two this. life every time. You don't see this every day. But when Glacial Chasm comes into play, you have to sacrifice a land. You can't attack. However, all damage dealt to you is reduced to zero. Wow. Yeah, this is. Let's think about that for a minute. So... Not only does this cost you a land, but it basically puts you down another land because it doesn't generate mana, and you can't go to combat when you have this card out, which you're like, wow, that that, that really sucks for me, right? But all damage dealt to you becomes zero. That's not just combat damage. That's effect damage, too. So outside of things that make you just lose life, that's not damage, Nothing can touch you while this card is in play, and that is a great, great feeling. Except for cards that flat out say you lose the game, like a door to right. nothing is. But like, yeah, this is one of the cards that any deck can use and probably should use just for the fact of how easy it is to tutor out specialty lands. An expedition map is the greatest example of that that exactly. every color can use. So this is good late game, especially, or early game if there's a stupid Sarah Ascendant coming at you <laughs> for no reason at all. <laughs> so you can, it works out in almost any play, especially if you're not planning on attacking, you're at that rebound stage, which is typically when this comes out into play. So it's yeah. versatile in what it does. Or if you're not a deck that really cares about creatures at all, or attacking with them or otherwise, you can just play this out and be safe while you kind of just do your thing. I mean, this works great for a deck like Titania, like we've said before, because destroying lands is good. If you choose not to pay the cumulative upkeep, this will go away. So it's kind of like, if <laughs> I hate to make a, a Yu-Gi-Oh reference, but you know what this is like? It's like Swords Revealing Light. Isn't kind of it? Is like you just kind of you just kind of stop your opponent from doing anything meaningful while you just build up your forces, and then a couple of turns later, when you're finally done with this thing, you just go you just go in and destroy them with it. I was gonna say fog on a land, but we can go across I mean, the that, universe. For, that yeah. is that is true. That is true. But 
yeah, this is this is just a really cool card, and it's something that is honestly really good at what it does. Also, fun thing to note, this can be unlimited, and I'm not talking about having infinite amount of life. You can go ahead and play something like Solemnity. Sol Solemn Solemnity. Solemnity. There you go. The easy word to say, <laughs> um, which is uh, the the word I'm trying to articulate, that card is a three drop enchantment in white that makes it so that things can't get countered. Right, exactly. So cumulative upkeep is counter based, which a lot of people forget. Yeah. So flat out, you're safe, just can't attack, and then at one point, just get rid of it, swing in for game. So you can propel this as long as you want, more or less. This is great for decks that just want to sit back, take themselves out of the action, and just have time and space to do their thing. This is where it's at. Yeah, or if you use kind of flinging damage or something like that where you don't attack to kill your opponents, more or less. If you have like a Tim-based kind of thing where you go ahead, you hmm. ping stuff, that works in this case. So like, yeah, or like a Jaya Ballard, or if you yeah. get like a Koth emblem like we're talking before, go ahead, tap your lands, poke. Yeah, have a Valakut out there, that'll still hit and do damage. Also, fun fact, things like Pestilence and Pyrohemia, things like that that hit everybody for damage, they won't hurt you while this card is out. Yeah. So that's just another fun it's fact. It's so good for that. <laughs> but yeah, great land, great utility, works in every deck. You should run it, or at least have one copy. In your oh, arsenal. yeah, I would definitely get at least one copy of this. You're going to have a deck that likes it at some point. So now moving on to number eight, and I'm so glad to have this because this is a mm. paragraph. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to mess this up. It is called Dance of the Dead. It costs two mana for a pretty much a dead creature R, which is <laughs> a goofy mm. type, but this is around three bucks. And it reads, take target creature from any graveyard and put it directly into play under your control. Tapped with a 1-1 counter on it. Treat this creature as though it were just summoned. The creature does not untap during its controller's untapped phase. At the end of his or her turn, its controller may pay an additional two to untap it. If it does, uh, if this card lead is removed, the creature then goes back to the graveyard. So this is old school without Oracle. So pretty much what this says is you target any creature in a grave, this gets aura equipped to it and it doesn't untap. So you have to pay two mana to constantly keep it from being tapped if you want to utilize it. And it also gets a little boost, which is nice. So this right. is pretty much a reanimate dead, uh, just another version that's not as good. Yeah, well, again, this is a really nice reanimation card for taking other people's creatures. Animate dead, not reanimate Or your dead, own, uh, or for, for a low cost, because two mana for any creature out of any graveyard is pretty good. The only drawback is it gains a kind of attacks to keep untapping it, and it comes into play tap to start with. So really, this is, if you want to do anything with that creature, this is probably more like a four mana card rather than a two mana card. But still, that's pretty good, especially because you're throwing a little boost in there. I mean, uh, what's the other one? Re uh, Animate Dead is a similar thing, but gives it a minus one, minus one. So... I don't know. This might this might be better than that sometimes. I don't know. But... Uh, it depends what's happening on the yeah. board, honestly. The plus one can be relevant. The minus one can be relevant. Uh, it's just, They're more or less, they go hand in hand. I'd say more often than not, the other one would be better. But again, you choose a creature that has Vigilance or something like that, or all your stuff enters play on tap. You have an Amulet of Vigor out. Right. And, you know, you can have a lot of little things to combo with this to help it out. So it's not something that to say is better or worse. If it was standalone, 
this I'd say would be worse. However, you can mm -hmm. levy that more or less. And the reason this card is really great is because unlike a lot of more modern day options, when the creature that this is attached to would die, most of the time when you see cards today, they will get exiled, so you can't abuse yes. the effect and do it again. This one, not so. It'll go right back to the graveyard where you can use it all, you can steal it all over again if you have the means to. So in any kind of deck that likes to reanimate creatures, uh, other people's or your own, I think this is a serious contender to be part of the deck regardless because low mana reanimation spells are nuts. Yeah, and reanimate is not this price. Reanimate, I'd say, is probably the best one even though you are yeah, paying Yeah, and life. that's like 20 bucks. So, so yeah. yeah, let's take 10% of that. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a great card that's worth considering for pretty much any black deck yeah, almost. Yeah, totally agree. Well, Kyle, uh, well, I'll pass on another paragraph card to you for number nine. All right. Well, this one for number nine, we're looking at $3. It's Jester's Mask. So we went from the cap to the mask. Now let's see what this does. It comes into play tapped, costs five to play. And for one mana and a tap, you sacrifice it to look through target opponent's hand and deck. You give that player a new hand of as many cards as they had before and shuffle the old hand back into their deck. This is a really weird card, but kind of good, I guess, it because good. You, can, you can basically just get rid of whatever their hand is, and then I guess just give them lands? Like, uh, that, that seems valid? That seems like a valid strategy? Well, it is. That is a way for being oppressive, which you are always trying to do. <laughs> but also it works in a political sense. If it is not your turn and someone's going something crazy and you don't want it, you can be like, hey, I'm targeting you. Your turn's about to happen. Let's go ahead, give you an answer. I'll give you some other stuff, but it'll be in moderation, kind of like in a fact or fiction way. I'll give you the stuff that seems the fairest way, not too overpowered, not too weak. But also, it's dependent on the amount of cards in their hand. They could have a lot, they could have a little. So you can go ahead and remove a combo piece if they have something like a, a squee, which is getting reused over and over again, take the value out. You can be able to make it to like cards like the gods, which can keep going back into the hand or go back into the deck and keep coming back, you can make it so it's hard to get those now. You can also make it so that any card that they tutor to the top of the deck is now moved again and they have to go through that cycle. So this, yeah. for five mana, and it can't be used the turn it comes into play on its own, it's oh, a little geez, rough. because artifacts never get untapped. I'm just ever, saying, I'm so. just saying, it, it, just, it, it takes a little bit of work to go with it but it can be very, very powerful. I feel like just like Jester's Cap, this is almost a win condition akin to a Mind Slaver because you can basically keep replacing whatever anyone draws with bad cards, and it's a recurrable artifact, again, that any deck can use, so... I'm surprised this doesn't see more play. It seems pretty strong. You'd need a specific build for it. Like, I mean, you wouldn't just throw this in any Brea deck or anything like that. No, it would need a no. little bit more of an intent, uh, especially if you're going around stealing things or whatever like that. If you take stuff from an opponent's hand or you want to know stuff that's in an opponent's hand, like Asperia, like you said, yeah. I'd rather give them one card I know they can't play and just keep naming that over yeah, and over but again. But then again, Mind Slaver is just less work, so... Yeah, I guess that's probably why. But probably. still, it's an interesting option. I had no idea that card existed. And who knows, maybe there's some cards out there that end up being something that's like, all right, new commanders. This now is awesome. That's part right. of the reason why we do this. So, <laughs> But now, moving away from this guy and into our last one, we have a legendary named Martin 
Strong gold. Oh, yes. I don't even know what a strong gold is, but I don't want to know. It costs $3 for this guy. He is a red commander that costs four, two generic, and double red. And it reads, if this guy attacks, all other creatures get plus, well, XX until the end of the turn, where X is the is equal to the number of other attacking creatures. If he blocks, all other creatures get plus XX where, until the end of the turn, where it is also the amount of creatures that are blocking. So this is an hmm. Anthem Commander that is meant to go big and go crazy and go large. Only downside is he is a 1-1. He is compensating hard. <laughs> yeah, he stays pretty tiny. It's a shame that he doesn't get this boost himself, but then he might be too powerful because... I have seen some mono red decks use this guy as a commander, and if you can compensate for that body with something like a, a dark steel plate or something to pr protect him from damage, or just make him unblockable so you don't have to worry about combat messing with him even a small army of creatures of your own can get really big and scary really fast it's dangerous you need to watch out for this guy and we're in red goblins are very easy to just keep mm. coming out of nowhere and everything else like that or any other tribe if you want to do i mean you could even do dragons if you want to go big and that could work too. Yeah. I mean, it's a little goofy in that regard, but again, it can work. You could also make humans, tribal red humans. Good luck with that one. Yeah, but you can do it. And and he's also a knight now too. He's a human knight. So Which hey, knight valuable. tribal gets a new ingredient. Yes, I don't know does. where red knights belong, but hey, he's he's in there. I know where the black knight belongs. I do too. Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's on the same page. But yeah. yeah, it can work. Also, um, if you have a build and you think it's awesome, put it down in the comments. We'd love to check it out and see what it's all about. I've seen some good ones with this, so I know it's possible. Cool. Well, that is going to conclude the money card section of Ice Age. We're going to see mm -hmm. next week the ranking that we have ourselves assessed the set as and Indeed. talk about the mechanics some more and... Just pretty much go for a deeper dive on this set for the final hurrah. Yeah, and if you want some more information on this or any other set we reviewed, check out our social media pages. You can find us on Reddit, Twitter, on Facebook. You can find us at TapDAO, where all of our decks are listed. And you can also check us out. Just email us if you want to talk to us at mtgthecardpool at gmail.com. So, without further ado, I'm Kyle. And I'm Stu. And, and we'll, we'll see you next time at, at the, the Card Pool. pool.